marriage of the Lamb. One day, God will offer us up to His beautiful bride, Jesus Christ, and we will meet Him. And uh, it's so good to be here this morning. I thank God for what God is doing. Even though all the things that's going around the world, he might say there's a lot of stupid stuff going around the world and a lot of crazy stuff going around the world. But thank God, God is not crazy and he's not stupid. He knows everything before it ever happens. It's not a surprise to him. Sometimes we think God is taken by surprise. and No, it's, sometimes we're taken by surprise because we don't know how to pray properly. We don't know how to seek the face of God. We don't know how to handle an ordeal or a crisis in our life. Therefore, we need people to speak in our lives. If you have your Bibles, you can go to 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. We're going to start with the 14th verse. He says, I am not writing these things to shame you, but warn you as my beloved children. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ... You have only one spiritual father, for I became your father in Jesus Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you, so I urge you to imitate me. Amen. There's a lot of instructors on television nowadays. You can see all kinds of doctrines and everything, and sometimes you don't know the person, you just see a little bit of him. Until you walk with people and you know them, you know their character, who they are and what they are and what they believe in. You see, I'm a father also. I got married. We had two little girls, and I got a tender heart. When they was doing things really good, it's all right. But when they did something bad, you know, and Daddy would have to talk to them, I remember my little girls, I'll be good, Daddy. And I couldn't bring myself to whip them. Because i got such a tender heart. Uh, that's my girls, you know what I mean? I love them. Now, I would ground them and stuff like that, but I couldn't whip them because that's my little girls. But you know something? You have a heavenly father that loves you, and you have spiritual fathers in the Lord who loves you, who wants to see the best in your life. And people struggle with things. People have situations that's in their life, things that are happening in their life. In the sixth chapter of Romans, Paul said, I am no longer a slave to sin. That's where the song came from Bethel when they sang the song, I am no longer a slave to sin. But in the seventh chapter, a whole different version of things. Paul, speaking of the law, said, it's not the law who causes me to sin, but it's the spirit that's within me. Sometimes we have to deal with junk in our own self and the things that are in our lives and bring ourselves back into the alignment of the Word of the living God. When I was a young man, I used to play sports. I love sports. I love football. I love basketball. I love baseball. But football, I really loved. We had a coach that trained us when we were in high school. And we went to play for the state championship. We get to the state championship. We have these big guys from Valdosta there. They are big. They are very big. We called them cornbread fed guys. Because they're so big. We're looking at them. 
And our coach gets us, he sees what we're doing. He takes us over there to the side and he says, take your eyes off those guys. I have trained you. You know how to play your position very well. You can beat these guys. I don't care what they look like. You can beat these guys. Get your mind back on your training, what's been trained in you. Paul is simply saying, I have trained you now. Imitate me, what you do in the Word and you, you walk at your life before God. We let a lot of things frighten us. If you don't believe it, look what COVID did to the world. Look what it did to the church. Trying to justify what the politicians were doing. Supposedly what doctors were supposed to know what they're doing. They didn't know what they were doing. Never been this way before. But they act like they was experts at, at nothing. But Paul said, and he said, I'm struggling. So this, he said in the uh, seventh verse of 14, he said, so the trouble is not with the law, for it is a spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am too, all too human, a slave to sin. Now he said, I'm not a slave to sin. Now he says, I'm a slave to sin. Sometimes we get so spiritual, we can't see the human in other people. Listen, when my oldest daughter was doing a lot of things I didn't like, and I was so mad, and I was chewing her out, I got through chewing her out one day, and the Lord spoke to me, said, you leave her to Mary, and you take your mouth off of her. Just like that. I know God's voice. And I left my mouth off of her and I started telling her how I loved her, how God loved her and the things about it and started watching a change around in her life. we got to be smarter than this world. we got to let the Holy Spirit of God speak to us and teach us how to be good Christians, to be good stewards of the things and the gifts and calling that lies with us. The 12th chapter of Corinthians when Paul was trying to teach to the Corinthians about the spiritual gifts that lay within them. And they didn't know how to use them. It's too quiet this morning. You'd think I was preaching to you. You see right now there are many of you that are sick right now. There's things wrong with you. I have been healed of cancer. Totally healed of cancer. Because a prophet walked in one night in a service I was in. 36 back called me out. Never met the man before in my life. Never knew him. And he said, this year you will be cancer free. And on July the 31st, 21st of 2014, I was totally set free of cancer. Totally healed of cancer. These gifts are to edify the body. These gifts are our weapons of warfare. Now you can be great in speech. You can do all these things. But if you do not have the anointing and the power of God in your life, nothing will happen. That's a fact. It's quiet. I'm concerned. Listen, for though we live in this world, 
We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have a divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that has set itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captivity every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. I want to know God. Listen, I can still pick up that Bible even though I'm 75 years of age and when I read it, it's like it's like it just opens up more and more and more. Don't let the Word of God become boring to you. Don't let your prayer life become boring to you. Listen, if you're going to bear fruits, you've got to put your roots deep. You let them got to go down and get them the things and bring up the nutrients out of the ground and suck up those nutrients and feel those fruits that they may come forth and produce fruit that the world may eat of it and see that Christ is good. We should be in the business of doing God's business. Too long we... The churches wanted to be like the world. We wanted to be acceptable by the world. And so now we've invited the world into the church. And the church divorce rate is much higher than the world's divorce rate. Be quiet. When I got saved... For two years, I wasn't Pentecostal. I was going around. God was using me to win a lot of young people to the Lord. People were being healed. Then I joined a Pentecostal church. You, women couldn't wear pants. They couldn't wear makeup. Couldn't cut their hair. Y'all never had that here, have you? Men couldn't wear shorts. Couldn't participate in sports. I'm very, I used to love to work out and used to run. Used to do all kinds of sports and stuff like that. Everything was a sin. You see, when Paul came to Corinthians, he saw this church that he had poured out his heart in, his life in, spent it talking to these people. And they were confused about a lot of things. If we had spent more time as Pentecostals at winning people to the Lord and loving people, I said, loving people. Don't tell me you don't have nothing to do. It's the same way in America. People say, well, I don't want nothing. And I said, you want something to do in the church. But listen, out here, is a huge platform that you can stand on and you can do the work of God. You can speak into people's lives. You can set them free from sin because of the power in you. You say, how is that possible? Did you know in the, uh, 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that all surpassing power is from God and not from us. In one version it says, we have been given exceedingly power in these these uh, cards. Uh, Clay jars. You say you're fragile. We're all fragile. We're all subject to sin. We're all subject to the elements. Paul said, I've been beaten. I've been stoned. I've been left for dead. I'm hung- I've been left for hungry. He said, and pearls from my own countrymen. 
pearls from people who said they were my own Jewish friends. But we got it bad nowadays. We got it so bad that we got a roof over our head. We got televisions. We got cars. We can go, go back and forth to church. We can go to work. I know work is hard sometimes in South Africa. Unemployment's bad. But I want you to think about this one thing. When God heard the prayers of the Israel, the Jews in Egypt, in Goshen, God was in Goshen. But God was raining out punishment and death and plagues upon Egypt. I said, you're in Goshen. They're in Egypt. But I want to win as many of these people for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want that to become a reality to those that are in sin or give them an opportunity to have an opportunity to pray the prayer of forgiveness. You'll never do it sitting at home. You'll never do it just pretending they don't exist. I had one lady here in Cape Town one time about six or seven years ago, told me, she says, oh, you should never say anything about people being on drugs and all this stuff. And I said, oh, so we're going to pretend it doesn't happen. Paul was trying to get his people to a state where they could operate in the power of God and the gifts of God in their life. You see, if this ministry is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. What do you think about that? You see, my uncle fasted for 21 days for me. He prayed for me. I had spent 25 months in Vietnam. My mind was messed up. I was a drunkard. I was a heroin addict. He saw me. He saw the state I was in. What with just water only, he fasted. When he walked into that room, the Holy Spirit of God and Jesus walked in that room. He told me about Jesus. That next day, I packed my bags and I went to his house I got there that afternoon and was talking to him. And then finally he said around 9 o'clock, what did you come here for? I said, I come to get saved. I don't know how. And upon my knees I got down and I prayed for two hours. Everybody says, how did you get off heroin? I says, I got down on my knees and in my uncle's room for two hours I prayed. And I said, I have never taken drugs again. I don't drink. I said, God is a God who sets a man free. He set a woman free. People out here are entrapped with sin. I said, many of you are sick here this morning. You're sick in body. You got thongs, and we're going to pray before we leave. I want the Holy Spirit of God to sweep this room and touch everybody in this house. I want everybody that's got sin issues in your life. You don't really want to talk about it because you're afraid or you're ashamed to talk about it. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit of God set you free. The blood of Jesus, just one precious drop of it will cleanse the whole world of all of its sins.
Amen. They're too quiet. He said, my dear children, I write these things so that you do not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. You ever got so angry with somebody you had to repent over it? I have. I have. I'm just honest. I'm too old to be lying to myself. <laughs> you see, you, you say I've got a long time. I said I've got a short time. I don't know when the Lord's going to take me home. But I want to lead every person I can into the kingdom of God and let God bless their life and touch their life and set them free from sin. Let them know the joy and peace of waking up in an assurance that Jesus Christ is their Savior. Let them know that God will heal them from all manner of diseases. Let them know that God is our provider. Praise be unto God. You see, there's so much in us In the first chapter of 2 Corinthians, twenty-six verse, he said he has identified us as his own by placing his Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. How do you know that God has promised you a lot? Well, maybe. No, no, it's not maybe. God has promised us a lot of things. When Paul was arguing with them in Galatians in the third chapter, he, they looked around and he, they were trying to say, if you're not circumcised, then you're not Abraham's seeds. And you're not blessed with faith Abraham. So you just got to get circumcised. Paul brought this statement up. He said, oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? You began in the spirit. Now are you made perfect by the flesh? But then he made this other statement on this thing. He said, if you are of Christ, then you are of the seeds of Abraham. Therefore, you are blessed with favor Abraham. And the promises of God from Abraham on belong to you. You see, they always talked about Abraham as a Jew. Abraham is our father. But Abraham was not given the law. He was given the promises because he made covenant with God. He paid tithes to God through Melchizedek. has nothing to do with the law. The law has nothing to do with it. It's an honor to honor God by paying your tithes of your first fruits as a Christian. Bring it into the house of God and watch God bless you. I said, God bless... Christ and I was like, we can tell you testimony after testimony how God blessed us, and we, but we had to get our eyes upon what the Word of God said and believe in God. You look a little strange out here to people who don't believe in God, who go to church and say they love God, but they don't believe God. Those issues happen. I know you're great people and you're wonderful people, but there's so many people dying around you and going to hell. 
We can't do it all, but whatever we do, we need to do it with everything that God has placed within us. Amen? Amen? Praise be unto God. Listen, we're going to dance. because We're going to dance because Jesus came into our lives. We're going to praise God because Jesus set us free from sin. And we know that we're set free from sin. You don't have to beg me to let me know that. I know that. I testify of that. David had a testimony. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to what? Lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. You see, David had a testimony. He knew God. What is your testimony? What is your testimony? You hear the testimonies of others and you testify of their testimony. But what is your testimony in your life? Have you overcome the evil one? Have you prevailed in your trials and temptations? Have you learned to love God when all hell is breaking out around you and you have the peace of God in your life? Has he caused you to sit down at a table in the presence of your enemy and to rejoice over that fact, God is with me. And if God is with me, nothing can hurt me, nothing can touch me. They can even take this life, but it will not hurt me because God has preserved this man, his soul, his spirit before him. Too many times we put the emphasis on a lot of things in life. But we must put our time spent with God in prayer and studying the Word of God. Learning the Word of God. Learning the power and the presence of God's word. You ever had somebody just quote a scripture? Man, right on time. That scripture lifted your spirits up. Because your, your spirit and that word have a lot in common. It is life. And it speaks life to you. It illuminates you. All these things. Listen, we just brought two doctors over here from America. The Lord told me and Krista they're supposed to come. They came to Durban, and they couldn't not get over how God used them. Now, Paul got a little ill with Mark when he abandoned them on the first missionary journey. The little sissy went back home. I mean, he was furious with him. And when they went, Barnes wanted to take him again, they had a knock-down drag-out about it. They were furious with each other. Sometimes you've got to read the Word of God to understand the Word of God. You think everybody was just, oh, holy this. No, it was, hmm, we're going to get it on. But later on, Paul writes, and he commends Mark. Because Mark had picked up the steam. He quit being a sissy. He began sold out to God. It's just like this. When a woman seeks a man, she doesn't need a mama's boy.
She's looking for somebody that's got strength in her life. When we get saved, we are married to Christ. An intimate relationship. He has chosen us. He is, we are, he is grooming us for marriage. I look for somebody who has strength, who has character, someone who has power and authority. He has all those things. You're talking about a Cinderella story. We are a Cinderella story. Maybe it's why they could write the Cinderella stories, because there is a real Cinderella story. And it will happen. It'll happen for the whole world. But sin has a price. Listen, if you want to be left, if, you, if you're all the time crying and complaining, crying and complaining, instead of testifying about the goodness of God, you haven't learned how to pray and believe that God's going to answer your prayers. You haven't seen the goodness of God upon other people. People set free from sin. I said, when I first got saved, I was out here leading all these people, getting saved. They had long hair. They were hippies. Bringing them into church. And they got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And these Pentecostal people are looking at them like, oh my God, what have we got here? And they're sitting there singing praises. Of, Listen, we started writing our own songs because we were bored with the hymns in the church. I know that may infuriate a lot of people, but we did it. But we sang praises unto God. What God had done in our lives. We'd open the scriptures up, we'd find things, and we'd put, them in, we'd put the scriptures in the songs. I know that hurts people's feelings. It's kind of like the Hindus. They got the sacred cow. You can't eat Grandma. We got a story about that where we all brought, invited him to our house and we fed them a standing real roast. Now, that's a really good piece of meat. <laughs> but you see, some things are so sacred to people. There's things that need to be sacred. But if we don't let our young people get out here and function and flow in the power and the word of God, but they need to have a hand on them, kind of point them in the way they should go. Training them, teaching them. Paul was a father. We need to be fathers. We want to speak into your life that you can do all things through Jesus Christ which strengthens you. Those things which are impossible when, uh, with men are possible with God. You see, when God told me I was going to start a business, I was telling everybody God told me I was going to start a business. But the thing about it was, I'm broke. It takes money to start a business. But I had a Christian father who spoke to me and told me, you can do this. Did you know all the money started coming in? The trucks coming in? The equipment started coming in? Then I got the people and started training them. And I found some people that were trained. You know, you, you need people experience. You know what I mean? You've got to have people experience. 
And it all came in. And God just started blessing my life. One time, Alpha and them came to our thing. We were having a conference. And somebody was praying. They was praying against my business. To shut it down. Well, the guys from the conference came over. And they started praying for me. And God exploded my business that week like nothing I had never seen before. Don't believe that God doesn't hear your prayers. These guys were from South Africa. They were praying, standing in my house praying for me, and God exploded my business. I mean, it just extremely. I mean, it went up over 100 times the fold we were used to doing. God hears your prayers. As you as you're raising your children and they start doing things, they go crazy on you sometimes. You know what I mean? I didn't raise them that way. Guys, what's wrong? What did I do wrong? See, the devil convinced you you did everything wrong. But now listen, the influence of this world is powerful. It will draw your children like it drawed you. And you have to understand this. Let God put wisdom in you how to get the place of the altar where they can come back and serve the living God. And sometimes too many people spend too much time repenting over the same thing over and over again. You've got to learn to move on. Listen, Alfie Faye was... My spiritual father. It's the last 27 years of, my life, of his life. I love that man. Come to my house, we laugh and cut up. But he spoke, he caused me to start seeing things in a different way. A different way. He wanted to raise up evangelists to sweep all of Africa. All of Africa. You see, I think everywhere, every man, every woman, every child should be given the opportunity to hear the word of God and know that Jesus loves them. Listen, Jesus loves me. How does know? Because the Bible tells me so. Little ones are precious to him. How do I know? Because the Bible tells me so. This word tells me that Jesus loves each and every one in this room. I get lost, unlost, going through trials or temptations in your life. Jesus loves you. That's the reason sometimes you can't get away from that gentle tug of the Holy Spirit of God speaking into your heart. Not this preacher from Georgia, but the Holy Spirit of God Himself tugging on your heart. I have prayed for people who never had no eardrums. God has put new eardrums back in their ears. My wife prayed for a man that was blind in Durban in about 1998. Been blind for 20 years. God healed him. And all the Hindus and Muslims came running to the altar. God knows how to give an altar call. She prayed for the man up there. They, a lot of people think he had leprosy because his skin smelled so bad. It was rotting on him. And the Lord told her to lay his hands on her. And she says, oh, God, you just spoke the word. 
because she didn't want to put her hands on that man. He smelled, he stank. And the third time she went up and laid her hands on him, his skin turned like baby skin, and the people were running to the altar. And, and the blind man and him both gave their lives to Jesus Christ. They were not yet, they were still sinners when God healed them, but they gave their life to Jesus. We have a lot of opinions in life. But they should never let you obey in what God's telling you and do and speak in your life. Too many people. Sin is having its way in our communities. Druggies, drug dealers are making a killing off our people. Same way in America. Our president has opened up the southward border to all the drug lords. They've called him, they call him the, uh, what do you call it, the, the person of the year. They give him the award of the employee of the year. The, the drug kings, the drug lords out of Mexico. Because so much drug. We're having three to 400 people a day in our country dying from fentanyl poison. That's opium, heroin. Every day in our country. It's 50 times stronger than heroin. And I know it's affecting this country too. Sin is real. It's real everywhere. But God has given within you and me the power to break off the darkness. They may see the light and that light may shine into the darkness. And they may comprehend who Jesus Christ really is. And give them an opportunity where they'll accept Christ or they'll deny Christ. He said, go you into all the world and preach my gospel. He didn't say to the preacher. You see, in the first chapter, second chapter of Acts... We had a church at Jerusalem. That church was a Jews-only church. Jews only came here now. But he told them to go in all the world. Sixth chapter, they had appointed Stephen, Philip, and other guys as waiters on tables. The seventh chapter, Stephen is killed. The eighth chapter, Philip goes down into Samaria to people who are not full-blooded Jews. And he's preaching and demons or devils are coming out. People are being healed. People are being saved. The apostles came back and to pray over these people, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. The 10th, 11th chapter, we have a church called Antioch. This is what they call, as the church used to call, the laity went out, the common folks like us go out, and then they start laying hands on the people. Gosh, they're being healed. They've been set free. They've been saved. God confirming them with signs and wonders. In the 11th chapter, they go out. They start sending missionaries out. The church starts becoming a church. It's no longer Jews only. Now it's Greeks and Gentiles. Me and you, part of the church. And then all these problems started coming up. You've got to be circumcised. You've got to do this. You've got to, do, you've got to keep all the law. Same way in the church today. Have all these ministers who can tell you how much you can sin and you can still be a Christian. Repentance is not a bad word. I just want to leave you with this. Years ago, my brother been missing for two years. I hadn't seen him, hadn't talked to him for two years. I started fasting and praying for him. 
And one day I was just there, and the Lord spoke to me. He says, Willard, your brother's coming home today. He showed up at our door. And I was stunned. I should have been stunned because God just told me. I told my wife that. He's going to be here today. He walked into our house. He said, I come home to get saved. Listen, we will go and we will pray till they all come home. When I look at people, that could be my child. That's the way I look at people. That could be my son. That could be my daughter. That could be my grandmother. I've led 84 and 87-year-old women and men to the Lord right here in Cape Town. We're robbing hell and filling up the kingdom of God. And God has put that anointing on us, that calling upon us. You're the greatest people. You have the greatest anointing. You have the power of God within you. You can do this thing. You're getting ready to build a new church. I'm going to prophesy that over you. And God is going to fill that church. And you're going to do great and mighty powerful things in that church. You're going to exalt the kingdom of God in that church. You're going to exalt the word of God in that church. You're going to let the Holy Spirit of God have his way in that church. God is going to raise up great praise and worship leaders in that church. God is going to do things through you because you allowed the Holy Spirit of God to work through you. Don't leave God hanging. I said, don't leave God hanging. God is mighty. He's powerful. But he's going to use these clay earthly vessels. They're weak. But he'll give you strength when you didn't know you had the strength. It's like my coach said, told us when we were just young kids. I'll never forget that. Very inspirational. We're looking at these big guys. They're strong. They're a lot bigger than us. They're a lot faster than us. He said, I've trained you. You can please your positions well. You've got a pastor who's training you to learn your position. He's been a good father to you. To learn your position and play it well. Learn what God called you to be. Learn what anointing, what powerful gift that God has in your life. My father, when he was dying, said, you must release me. Your prayers are holding me here. I'm a tired old man. And he looked up and he grabbed me. He pulled me. He says, I have, it has been an honor to be your father. And for you to be my son. It just moved me. The hardest thing I ever done in my life was to release my father. I prayed all night long. And the next, the Lord spoke to me, says, it is his will to be with me. And I released him that next day in his and he died just a few hours later. But he didn't die. He says, son, I'm not dying. I'm going to heaven. 
I'm going to have a new body. And I look forward to seeing you. But he says, until you come, you occupy and do all that God's called you to do. And that's what I'm telling you this morning. Until Jesus takes you from this earth, you do everything you can to glorify the kingdom of God and everything in the house of God and the people of God. Love your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Show it with your works. Show them with what's in you, the love of God that's in you. Give, for God will give back unto them that give to Him. Honor the house of God. Honor your, let God honor the prayers you pray because pray those prayers in faith and believe that God will hear you when you pray. You may be the least of the, all these, but to uh, those gifts that God that seem not worthy to heap praise upon, those are the ones that God really needs in the church that are functioned that don't get all the honor and the praise and glory. Let God raise those gifts out of you. You got it? I'm going to tell you about my coach. You got to get your eyes off the devil. I trained you to whip these guys. See, y'all may not see me right now, but I used to weigh about 255 pounds. I, I worked out a lot, a lot. <laughs> kind of like one of these big rugby players, you know. You know, it doesn't all turn to fat. Just good eating. Too much eating turns to fat. <laughs> and we love to eat. <laughs> I have come from Durban and I beg for mercy. <laughs> I love you people. I look upon your face. I want to keep this in my heart. I'll pray for you. Everywhere I go, when I tell you I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you. Me and my wife live a life of studying the word of God and praying. And we pray for you. Praying for your best. Great little man here. I love this little man. See, we're grandparents. We don't have to correct them. We just got to spoil them. Now our children has to be parents, and it's a big job. It's a whole lot bigger than they thought it was going to be. <laughs> but they're wonderful. Isn't he wonderful? Yeah. But listen, God looks down on you like he looks down on this little child. He loves you. And when I couldn't hardly punish my daughters when they did something wrong like that because I got so much compassion so much love my little kids God has compassion on you too you can do this thing you see when we were training sometimes we didn't do it right coach would make us do it over again and then we have to do it over again we have to do it over again until we got it right sometimes God's just going to do it right listen we love you we want to pray for the sick people here today a lot of people got medical issues in your body and this brother here, I saw him at the wedding yesterday. I said, will this guy be in church tomorrow? I want to pray for you. You see, when I got healed of cancer, it wasn't a miracle. It was a healing. There's a difference. So if you don't see something immediately, don't get discouraged. I want you to keep praying the scriptures over you. Oh, brother, I wouldn't do that. I've seen too many things, that, too many good things that God's done. 
not to believe in him. Can we just have a lot of people come here that are sick? But I want to give first, can I do this first? I want to give everybody an invitation here that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you don't know him as your Savior, I would like to ask you to come up here to the altar. Or you can just sit where you're at. And we'll still pray the prayer. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you want to know him as your Savior, can you raise your hand? Can you do that? Can you raise your hand? Anybody? Anybody here? We're going to have to start getting sinners come, okay? Praise God. God wants to save you. If you're doing things in your life, God wants to restore you. Now, how many people here are sick? Want to, want to come up here and we want to pray for you. Will you come up here? Just come on up here. If you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose and he was beaten, for your, and his body was broke for your healing, come on up here. I want my brother in the wheelchair to come on up here. Praise be to God. Some of you have got blood pressure issues. Some of you have got diabetes issues. Some of you have got other issues going on in your body. But the Lord told me this morning, he wants me to pray for the sick people here. I know what it's like when a doctor tells you you got cancer. You got to take chemo. You got you got to have surgery. You got to have radiation. But I know what it's like for God to heal my body. And I'm trusting God for your healing. I want you to trust with me. We're going to come together in agreement in faith this this morning that God is going to totally heal your body. Amen. Brother God, it's not your own doing that you're, way, you're sitting here right now. But God, if God is putting that compassion in me, it's the Holy Spirit of God working in me to touch your life, to heal you and to make you whole. Father, touch my brother right now in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we speak total healing, Lord, to his body, to his limbs, to his back. Heavenly Father, his hips. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, touch him right now. Give him a miracle in his life and heal him and make him whole. In the name of Jesus, glory be unto God. Glory be unto God. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many of you here have diabetes? Can you raise your hand? Just raise your hand. We're diabetic. Okay. Praise be to God. 2002, I had diabetes, and a guy prayed for me on a Sunday. I took my insulin shot on a Monday, and I nearly passed out at a service station over about three miles from my house because my sugar had dropped so low. I didn't realize God had healed me. And I have never taken insulin since then. <laughs> Took insulin twice a day. We're going to pray right now.
Just raise your hands. Stretch your hands up to heaven. Come on. Father, in Jesus' name, God, I pray, Lord, that right now you will touch everyone here, that their pancreas will come in alignment with the Spirit and the Word of the living God and touch them and heal them in the name of Jesus. I also ask that, Father, you give us enough wisdom and enough courage to eat proper and not what to eat and what to eat, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. We love our food, but, Father, help us to eat the right food in the name of Jesus. But touch and heal and make whole this pancreas in their bodies in the name of Jesus, we do pray. And, God, we thank you for this healing in Jesus' name. Glory be unto God. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead. Glory. Let her dance. Glory be unto God. Glory. Hallelujah. You see, James said, If any is sick among you, let him call the elders of the church. Let them anoint him with oil. And if, listen, his, he will be healed. And if he's committed sins, they will be forgiven of him. I believe in the power of God. Too many times we haven't repented of things because we said, what will people think about us? God, heal us and forgive us in the name of Jesus, we do pray. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many have high blood pressure? Can you raise your hand? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Father, we ask that you touch, Heavenly Father, this high blood pressure, that you heal them in the name of Jesus, we do pray, and make them whole in the name of Jesus. Touch their body, God, right now, and make them whole in Jesus' name. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be unto God. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you have heart problems? Heart, heart issues, heart problems. You, have, you do. Anybody else here got any heart problems? Father, touch right now. Touch this man and heal him and make him whole, Father. Touch his heart. Give him a brand new heart in the name of Jesus. Glory be unto God. Make him whole, Father, in Jesus' name. 2018, we were here. And we preached in a church. My wife has a video. She'll share it with you if you want to. We prayed for a man who had congestive heart failure. He couldn't walk at all. Had to be pushed everywhere. He had to have somebody bathe him. He came back the next year and testified how that he walks 30 minutes to church now. He can get up and do his chores, do everything he wants to. Praise be to God. You're free. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Accept your healing. Believe in it. Those things are for you. Healing is real and it works. It works in your life. It's like anybody else's life. It works. Glory be unto God. 
How many people have other issues they want to pray about in their body? Sickness in their body. Any other issues? You do? Praise be to God. stretch your hands here. How many know that colitis is a very painful thing? It's extremely painful. Glory be to God. And asthma will make you feel like you're about to smother to death. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak a healing to this asthma right now. God, we break it off right now in the name of Jesus. And God, we speak total healing to her lungs in the name of Jesus. We speak to her colon to heal her and totally heal her in the name of Jesus. Glory be unto God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this healing in Jesus' name. Glory be unto God. Father, in Jesus' name. God, remove this pain from her colon in the name of Jesus. We speak total healing right now that, Father, you will come in alignment with the Word of God and the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. Glory. 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 Touch her right now in Jesus' name, Father. Flood her with healing right now over her body. Heal every manner of disease in her body in the name of Jesus. We take authority over it. In Christ's name we pray right now in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. You come on, my, 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 my. Listen, in the fourth chapter of Galatians, Paul said, I came to you and I was very sick. So don't faint because you can preach this word and you're, you have a grand anointing on your life that things won't happen to you. Don't look down on yourself, but I want you to start laying hold and claiming through the word of God and the spirit of God that your healing is coming. I mean, I came to Africa and preached all these things, and the doctor's sitting there telling me, you got cancer. You're going to have to take chemo. You're going to have to take radiation. You're going to have to have surgery. But God, my wife, she didn't want to say like she was nervous, but she would pray for me. She would pray for me. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and she'd be praying for me. <laughs> I want you to pray for one another. Grow strong in the Spirit, in the Word, and the power of the Spirit. Listen, Jesus prayed this prayer that we love one another as He and the Father had loved each other. And we need that love. We need that commitment to one another. And believing God is going to touch and heal. God has got a healing for you. God's got a healing for you. God's got a healing for you. God's got a healing for everyone that stands up here this morning, and even you that didn't come up here. God has a healing for you. I'm going to close this down, but as, I want to just pray over everyone right here and pray over the church. Father, I pray, Lord, that they'll catch the vision. The vision of God who wants to do mighty and powerful things to them in the name of Jesus. Touch this church to turn this community upside down for the glory of God, Heavenly Father. Shut down the drug dealers, Heavenly Father, the Sabinas, Heavenly Father. Shut them down in the name of Jesus, Lord. 
and get God, Heavenly Father, the house will be filled with people who have a testimony. I have been set free from sin. No longer does sin have power and control of me. And God testimonies that I was healed by the power of the living God, Heavenly Father. Touch them in Jesus' name. God, let the power and authority of God rise in this house, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. And let us catch hold of the vision and run with the vision, Heavenly Father. And believe, God, that you will fulfill everything that you placed in our life. Forgive us, Heavenly Father, for allowing fear to come into our lives and doubt to come into our lives. We repent of it, Father, in the name of Jesus. And God, we accept that mantle that you placed upon this church and upon the, the leadership of this house, Heavenly Father, and we run with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord.